Psalm 89, Sermon 2, Part 2, on Expositions on the Book of Psalms, Volume 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Expositions on the Book of Psalms, Volume 4, Psalms 76-101, to by St. Augustine of Hippo. 7. Even David himself knew this. Consider his words. Thou hast rejected and brought him down to nothing. Where then is thy promise? Thou hast put off thine anointed. This expression cheers us, among much that is sorrowful. For the promise of God is still valid. For thou hast put off thine anointed, not taken him away. See then what was the fate of that David, in whom the ignorant hoped for the fulfillment of the promises of God, in order that those promises might be more firmly relied upon for their fulfillment in another. Thou hast put off thine anointed, thou hast overthrown the testament of thy servant. For where is the Old Testament of the Jews? Where that land of promise in which they sin while they dwelt in it, on the overthrow of which they wandered afar. Ask you for the kingdom of the Jews. It exists not. You ask for the altar of the Jews. It is not. You ask for the sacrifice of the Jews. It is not. You ask for the priesthood of the Jews. It is not. Thou hast overthrown the testament of thy servant, and profaned his holiness on the earth. Thou hast shown that what they thought holy was earthly. Thou hast broken down all his hedges, with which thou hast entrenched him. For how could he have been spoiled unless his hedges had been broken down? Thou hast made his strongholds a terror. Why terror? That it should be said to the sinners, For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not thee. All they that go by the way have spoiled him. That is, all the heathen that go by the way, meaning all who pass through this life, have spoiled Israel, have spoiled David. First of all, see his fragments in all nations. For it is of the Jews that it is said, They shall be a portion for foxes. For the scripture calls wicked, crafty, and cowardly kings, whom another's virtue terrifies, foxes. Thus, when our Lord himself was speaking of the threatening Herod, he said, Go ye, and tell that fox, The king who fears no man is not a fox, like that lion of Judah, of whom it is said, Stooping down thou didst rise up, and didst sleep as a lion. At thy will thou didst stoop down, at thy will didst rise, because thou wouldest thou didst sleep. And thus in another psalm, he says, I slept. Was not the sentence complete? I slept and took rest and rose up again, because the Lord shall uphold me. Why is the word ego added? And thus with a strong emphasis on the word I, they raged against me, they troubled me. But had I not willed, I had not slept. Those then concerning whom it was declared that they should be a portion for foxes are now spoken of as follows. All they that go by have spoiled him, 
and he has become a reproach to his neighbors. Verse 42. Thou hast set up the right hand of his enemies, and made all his adversaries to rejoice. Look at the Jews, and see all things fulfilled that were predicted. Thou hast turned away the help of his sword. How they were used to fight few in number, and to strike down many. Thou hast turned away the help of his sword, and thou givest him not victory in the battle. Naturally, then, he is conquered, naturally taken prisoner, naturally made an outcast from his kingdom, naturally scattered abroad, for he lost that land for which he slew the Lord. Thou hast turned away the help of his sword, and hast not given him victory in the battle. Verse 43. Thou hast loosed him from cleansing. What is this? Amongst all the evils, this is a matter for great fear. For howsoever God may beat, howsoever he may be wroth, howsoever he may flog and scourge, let him scourge him bound, whom he is to cleanse, not loose him from cleansing. For if he loose him from being purified, he becomes incapable of cleansing, and must be an outcast. From what cleansing, then, is the Jew loosed? From faith, for by faith we live, and it is said of faith, purifying their hearts by faith. And as it is only the faith of Christ that cleanses, by disbelief in Christ they are loosed from purification. Thou hast loosed him from cleansing, and cast his throne down to the ground, and so thou hast broken it. Verse 44. The days of his seat hast thou shortened. They imagined that they should reign forever, and covered him with confusion. All these things happened to the Jews, Christ not yet being taken away, but his advent deferred. 8. Let us therefore see whether God fulfills his promises. After these stern penalties which have been recorded as having been inflicted, upon this people and kingdom, that God might not be supposed to have fulfilled his promises in it, and so not to grant another kingdom in Christ, of which kingdom there shall be no end. The prophet addresses him in these words, verse 45, Lord, how long wilt thou hide thyself unto the end? For possibly it was not from them and to the end because blindness in part is happened to Israel, until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in, and so all Israel shall be saved. But in the meanwhile shall thy wrath burn like fire. 9, verse 46-47 to 47. O remember what my substance is, that David, who was placed among the Jews in the flesh, in Christ in hope speaks, Remember what is my substance. For not because the Jews fell away did my substance fail. For from that people came the Virgin Mary, and from her the flesh of Christ. That flesh sins not, but purifies sins. There, saith David, is my substance. O remember what my substance is. For the root has not entirely perished. The seed shall come to whom the promise was made, ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Remember what my substance is, for thou hast not made all the sons of men for naught.
lo all the sons of men have gone into vanity yet thou hast not made them for naught if then all went into vanity whom thou hast not made for naught hast thou not reserved some instrument to purify them from vanity this which thou hast reserved to thyself to cleanse men from vanity is thy holy one in him is my substance for from him are all whom thou hast not made for naught purified from their own vanity to them it is said o ye sons of men how long are ye heavy in heart wherefore have ye such pleasure in vanity and seek after leasing perhaps they might become anxious and turn from their vanity and when they found themselves polluted with it might seek for purification from it then help them make them secure know this also that the lord hath made wonderful his holy one he has made his holy one to be admired thence he has purified all from their vanity there saith david is my substance O oh, remember it for thou hast not made all the sons of men for naught thou hast therefore reserved something to purify them and who is he whom thou hast reserved what man is he that liveth and shall not see death this man then who shall live and not see death shall purify them from nothingness for he made not all men for naught nor can he who made them so despise his own creatures as not to convert and purify them 10 verse 48 what man is he that shall live and shall not see death for being raised from the dead he dieth no more and death hath no more dominion over him and as in another psalm it is said thou shalt not leave my soul in hell neither shalt thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption the apostolic teaching takes up this testimony and in the acts of the apostles thus argues against the unbelieving men and brethren we know that the patriarch david is dead and buried and his flesh hath seen corruption therefore it cannot be said of him neither shalt thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption of whom then is it said what man is he that shall live and shall not see death perhaps there is no man such nay but who is it is said to make thee inquire not despair but perhaps there may be some man that shall live and shall not see death and yet perhaps he did not speak of christ who died there is no man that shall live and shall not see death except him who died for mortals that thou mayest be assured that it is said of him consider the sequel what man is he that liveth and shall not see death did he never die then he did how then shall he live and never see death he shall deliver his own soul from the hands of hell he is spoken of alone indeed in that he alone of all others shall live and shall not see death he shall deliver his own soul from the hand of hell because although the rest of his faithful shall rise from the dead and shall themselves live for evermore without seeing death yet they shall not themselves deliver their own souls from the hands of hell he who delivers his own soul from the hands of hell 
himself delivers those of his believers. They cannot do so of themselves. Prove that he delivers his own soul. I have power to lay down my life, and I have power to take it again. No man taketh it from me, for I myself slept, but I lay it down of myself, and take it again, because it is he himself who delivers his own soul from the hands of hell. 11. Verse 49. But in the very faith in Christ great difficulties occurred, and the heathen in their rage long said, When shall he die and his name perish? On account of these then who have now long believed in Christ, but were destined to doubt for some time, those words followed, Lord, where are thy old loving kindnesses? We have now acknowledged Christ our purifier. We now possess him in whom thy promises were to be filled. Show forth in him what thou hast promised. It is he himself that shall live and not see death, himself who delivers his own soul from the hand of hell. And yet we are still in suffering. Thus spoke the martyrs, whose birthdays we are celebrating. He shall live and not see death. He delivers his soul from the hands of hell. Yet for thy sake we are killed all the day long, and are counted as sheep appointed to be slain. Lord, where are thy old loving kindnesses, which thou swearest unto David in thy truth? 12. Verse 50. Remember, Lord, the rebuke that thy servants have. Even while Christ was still living, and while he was sitting on his Father's right hand, reproaches were cast against the Christians. They long were reproached with the name of Christ, that widowed one who brought forth, and whose children were more than those of the married wife, heard ill names, heard reproaches, but the church, multiplied as she is, extending right and left, no longer remembers the reproach of her widowhood. Remember, Lord, in the memory of whom there is abundant sweetness. Remember, forget not. Remember what? The rebuke that thy servants have, and how I do bear in my bosom the rebukes of many people. I went, saith he, to preach of thee, and I heard reproaches, and bore them in my bosom, because I was fulfilling the prophecy. Being defamed, we entreat. We are made as the filth of the earth, and are suffering, and are the offscouring of all things unto this day. Long the Christians bore reproaches in their bosom, in their heart, nor dared resist their revilers, before when it was a crime to answer a heathen, it is now a crime to remain a heathen. Thanks be to the Lord. He remembered our rebukes. He raised the horn of his anointed on high. He made him the wonderful among the kings of the earth. Now no one insults Christians, or if he does, it is not in public. He speaks as if he were still more fearful of being heard than anxious to be believed. I bear in my bosom the rebukes of many people. 13. Verse 51. Wherewith thine enemies have blasphemed thee, O Lord, both Jews and pagans? Wherewith they have blasphemed? Wherewith have they blasphemed thee? With the change of thine anointed. 
They objected that Christ died and was crucified. Madmen, what is your reproach? Although there is now no one to use it, yet supposing some still remaining that so speak, what is your reproach? That Christ died? He was not destroyed, but changed. He is styled dead on account of the three days. Wherewith then have thine enemies blasphemed thee? Not with the loss, not with the perdition of thine anointed, but with his change. He was changed from temporal to eternal life. He was changed from the Jews to the Gentiles. He was changed from earth to heaven. Let then thy vain enemies blaspheme thee still for the change of thine anointed. Would that they may be changed. They will not in that case blaspheme the change of Christ which displeases them, since they themselves will not be changed, for there is no change with them, and they fear not God. Wherewith thine enemies have blasphemed thee the change of thine anointed. 14. They have blasphemed the change of Christ, but what dost thou answer? Verse 52. The blessing of the Lord forevermore. Amen and amen. Thanks to his mercy. Thanks to his grace. We express our thanks. We do not give them, nor return them, nor repay them. We express our thanks in words, while in fact we retain our sense of them. He saved us for no reward. He heeded not our impieties. He searched us out when we searched not for him. He found, redeemed, emancipated us from the bondage of the devil and the power of his wicked angels. He drew us to him to purify us by that faith, from which he releases those enemies only who believe not and who for that reason cannot be purified. Let those who still remain infidels say every day what they choose. Day by day they shall be fewer and fewer that remain. Let them revile, mock, accuse, not the death, but the change of Christ. Do they not see that, when they say these things, they fail in purpose, either by believing or by dying? For their curse is temporal, but the blessing of the Lord forevermore. To confirm that blessing is added Amen and Amen. This is the signature of the bond of God. Secure then of His promises. Let us believe the past, Recognize the present, hope for the future. Let not the enemy lead us astray from the way, that he who gathers us like chickens under his wings may foster us, lest we stray from his wings, and the hawk of the air carry us off while yet unfledged. For the Christian ought not to hope in himself. If he hopes to be strong, let him be reared by his mother's warmth. This is the hen who gathers her young together. Whence is the reproach of our Savior against the unbelieving Jerusalem? How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not? Behold, your house shall be left unto you desolate. Hence was it said, Thou hast made his strongholds a terror. Since then they would not be gathered together under the wings of this hen, and have given us a warning to teach us to dread the unclean spirits that fly in the air, 
seeking daily what they may devour. Let us gather ourselves under the wings of this hen, the divine wisdom, since she is weakened even unto death for her chickens. Let us love our Lord God, let us love his church, him as a father, her as a mother, him as a lord, her as his handmaid, as we ourselves the handmaid's sons. But this marriage is held together by a bond of great love. No man offends the one and wins favor of the other. Let no man say, I go indeed to the idols. I consult possessed ones and fortune-tellers. Yet I abandon not God's church, I am a Catholic. Well, thy holdest to thy mother, thou hast offended thy father. Another says, Far be it from me, I consult no sorcerer, I seek out no possessed one. I never ask advice by sacrilegious divination. I go not to worship idols. I bow not before stones, though I am in the party of Donatus. What does it profit you to not have offended your father, if he avenges your offended mother? What does it serve you, if you acknowledge the Lord, honor God, preach his name, acknowledge his Son, confess that he sitteth by his right hand, while you blaspheme his church? Does not the analogy of human marriages convince you? Suppose you have some patron, whom you court every day, whose threshold you wear with your visits, whom you daily not only salute but even worship, to whom you pay the most loyal courtesy. If you utter one calumny against his wife, could you re-enter his house? Hold then, most beloved, hold all with one mind to God the Father, and the Church our Mother. Celebrate with temperance the birthdays of the saints, that we may imitate those who have gone before us, and that they who pray for you may rejoice over you, that the blessing of the Lord may abide on you forevermore. Amen and Amen. End of Psalm 89. Sermon 2, Part 2.